Are you struggling to find the right broker to take advantage of opportunities in the market? Are you looking to trade commodities, shares, or even crypto? Even if you don't know much about trading, you can learn all about it by visiting Capital.com's website. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Capital.com is a global trading platform with over half a million users. Visit Capital.com and start your trading journey today. Before we start the show, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Astrolabs. Astrolabs is a capacity building company. Um, they work with both entrepreneurs and corporates. They have a great range of services from uh, licensing in, uh, in Saudi Arabia and in the UAE to co-working spaces, um, to, content, to online learning uh, digitally and in person. Uh, there's a lot of offers for the listeners of Conversations with Lulu. You can visit the page astrolabs.com slash Lulu. Lulu is L-O-U-L-O-U. And you can avail uh, some great discounts and offers on all of their products. So once again, you can visit astrolabs.com slash Lulu to check out all the offers that they have. Welcome to Conversations with Lulu. My name is Lulu Khazan. I'm an entrepreneur living in Dubai, an investor, a mother, and your host. My guest today has been named a GCC Young Achiever for 2021 by Arabian Business. Forbes Middle East featured her in the top 10 women behind Middle Eastern tech brands for 2021. Nadine Mizher is the co-founder and chief marketing officer at Sarwa. Sarwa is a digital financial advisor for young professionals. And Sarwa recently announced a Series B funding round of $15 million, bringing their total investment today to $25 million. You can uh, read more about Nadine in the, in the show's notes. So Nadine, thank you for, for joining me. Thank you, Lulu, for having me. I'm thank excited. Thank you for being here. So Nadine, are we good at saving in this region? We're learning. I think we're learning. We were just talking before, uh, before the episode. Yeah. but. Um, Basically, what you see now is a change in consumer behavior and in financial habits in the region. Initially, we're not a region that's really known for saving. We don't. There's a lot of different reports out there that give you like a lot of various numbers when it comes to what is the saving percentage, right? But what we know is it's very, a small percentage of the population that actually manages to save. And if they do save, they tend to either keep it in a saving account so mm. that's money not working. This is money losing to inflation, right? Your saving account is not generating an income from that money that you put there. So that's one. Two, the, a lot of, a big percentage, especially regionally, it's a culture of buying assets. Um, and we're talking about real estate assets, right? So when you have money you save, you go and you buy a house. Um, a house is great if you want to have that emotional stability because you want to live in it, you feel it's your own, but as an investment, it's not the best investment. Because again, it depreciates, there's a lot of expenses associates, uh, associated with it, and you're not again generating the best returns. So these are a few things that have been typical of the region. Now you see more, uh, more people investing. So mm -hmm. uh, the younger generation is into investing. Yeah. And that's great. 
the only thing that we need to focus on is smart investing. How do you do it smartly? Mm -hmm. Because if you Not know you're actively trading and in and out and buying and selling, again, research and data shows that this massive active trading loses you money instead of actually helping you grow your money, mm -hmm. which you are able to do very simply on the long run, right? Yeah. So you have to not wait for like the short term gains, but focus long run. Yeah, not not put all your money in crypto, basically what the what the young generation <laughs> is, is doing. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? You never know yeah. when it's gonna break. So make sure that you have it in different places. So at least you diversify and you protect yourself. Okay, so so that's what you're trying to tackle at uh, yes. at Sarwa. So maybe talk us through. So when was it launched? So Sarwa's idea started developing in 2016. We incorporated the company. So it was my partner Jad and Mark. They were at Ca in Canada at the time, and they were talking about, you know, what do friends and family do in the region, in the mm -hmm. Middle East in general. They realized it's really saving accounts or real estate. That was, these were the two options. Um, so they started thinking about the idea, contacted me, I was here, they're like, what do you think? Is there an opportunity? Started, I started doing some research and trying to help them out, just understand the market. Um, they decided to go for it. 2017 they came. So end of 2017, we actually we started the company together, we incorporated in IFC, part of the FinTech Hive. So mm -hmm. we were part of the first batch, first class of the FinTech Hive at the IFC. We were the first to graduate first to uh, get the innovation testing license by the FSA. So again, we were the first FinTech to receive this type of license. So uh, to be able to actually give investing to young professionals, uh, so to retail clients. And so we launched the platform in February 2018. Okay. That was officially the Sarwa launch. And it's been growing very fast and... Clearly. <laughs> we've been really Clearly. happy. So, so what, what do you offer today? So if I, if I come to Sarwa today as, a, as an individual, what can I get on the platform? So we're becoming really an investment, a digital investment platform, right? What our vision of Sarwa is to, for it to be a personal finance app for every a finance need that anyone needs, right? So we started with, um, with pre-built portfolios. So we started with a product that we're calling Sarwa Invest, which is about long-term passive investing. So similar like a pension fund, mm -hmm. right? So you put your money and it's put in a pre-built diversified portfolio made up of global uh, assets. And basically it's the core of the portfolio is based on ETFs, exchange traded funds. Um, if you want, we can get into that later, but to simplify it, it's basically a very, very diversified portfolio, diversified in terms of uh, assets. So you have stocks, bonds, and real estate exposure, and geography. So you have developing, developed, emerging markets, mm -hmm. and industries. So it's really across. So you actually balance your risk level, and you optimize for returns based on that. Okay. So that's and you really allocate the these assets based on the individual's uh, risk uh, risk yes. uh, profile, yes. right, and how much they earn and how much they want to invest. Yes. And is it something where the person has to invest on a monthly basis or can they do a one-time investment and then leave it? How does it work? You can do whatever you want. Okay. So, but we do recommend that you get into the habit of investing on a regular basis mm -hmm. of sort of like taxing yourself. So making sure that every month you put that 
small percentage of money aside. Yeah. This way you actually really build for long-term wealth. Okay. But if you ask me, uh, I have now a lump sum of money. Mm -hmm. So I either you know got a bonus or I actually have a saving account and I want to invest it. We always do recommend to put it all at once. But take a step first of making sure you have an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. So separate your emergency fund from your investment mm -hmm. um, because you never know what happens in life. You don't want to touch your investment plan. You want to be able to survive on an emergency mm -hmm. fund if things change. Subhanallah, you lose your job. You know, we've been through a pandemic. So yes. a lot of things happened yeah. where we didn't expect it to happen. So make sure you are able to survive at least depends on your family size, your personal situation, mm -hmm. but three to six months, we okay. usually typically say. So emergency fund, this is cash in the bank. Basically. This is cash in the bank. Should cover Choose three a good to bank. six months. <laughs> With a good saving account, because yeah. now saving accounts are giving you some returns, at least just to cover inflation. Okay. So yes, this is money in a saving account. So that's the next product we're launching, Sarwa Save, where okay. you can, you're able to actually put also the emergency fund okay. there. So the money that, uh, so you, you made a good point now because I can't withdraw my money from uh, Tharwa anytime, from Tharwa anytime. You can, you can. It's your money, your account. You can, okay. No penalty, no lock-in. Okay, no, uh, no lock-in. Okay. Don't force you to do anything, but okay. we do recommend things for you and okay. we do try to help as much as we can. But in case you need that money, of course you can access it anytime. That's so it is sure. liquid, I can just yes. liquidate and take my money? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, interesting. So, so, so you started doing this. Uh, this you started doing this since 2017. So now you have Sarwa Invest, right? Which is your first product. Yes, and the next product we're launching is Sarwa Trade. Sarwa so that's Trade coming very soon. Okay, which is which is a zero commission trading platform. So basically, <coughs> a lot of our clients were asking us. They love that the bulk of their money is into invest mm -hmm. and it's long-term and passive. Yeah. There are Missanan few companies that they strongly believe in because they believe in the ethos or they believe uh, you know, in uh, a theme, a specific theme. So they still want that ability to trade. Yes. So that's why we're also launching Sarwa Trade. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Recently, uh, I think we're, I, I don't know how people do it these days, but for, for me, we have a group of, uh, probably around 20 people that are on a WhatsApp group that kind of share, uh, you know, insights and advice and so on. And then uh, there's, a, there's a bit of a communal thing to it, you know, because yeah. uh, like someone would give a, a stock tip and someone might invest or not. And then we track it and we see, okay, it's doing well, it's not doing. But to your point, you know, first of all, it's time consuming. Uh, you need to really, you know, spend the time to read about these companies and understand the sector. Otherwise, you're definitely going to lose money. That's true. Uh, and even in that case, even in our case, we still, you know, lose money and, and win money. Maybe that's part of the thrill of it. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Which is great. Like, it's fine. You yeah. should be able to do that. And we should be able to provide people yeah. in the region with a platform to do that. Yeah. Uh, just make sure that you know uh, you put a percentage you're comfortable losing into yes. trade, right? And the bulk, like we say, is put it you know in a, an account where you know it's well diversified, it's long term, it's passive. Mm -hmm. But have that ability to actually choose things also from time to time that you like and you track and you see how it's moving. So that's also part of why we wanted to do that. Is you do have platforms that allow you the ability to trade here. 
but none of them, like very recently there's one that launched here, but before there was not one single one that was based out of the region. So there's one that had a rep office here, but the rest are actually based uh, abroad. Mm -hmm. And so there are and few is that, is that points to that. And, and do you feel that that's, uh, that people couldn't, would prefer to invest with a, with a platform locally or would they rather do it internationally? I mean, is there, wh where do you see the added benefit of doing this here locally? So locally, at least with Sarwa, the great thing is we have local accounts. So you're not actually transferring mm -hmm. international money, right? You're yeah. not uh, incurring that international transfer fee. Yes. Um, and especially and that's a turnoff, by the that's way. That's a turnoff. Especially if you're doing mm -hmm. it on monthly basis or active basis. Um, so that's one thing. Two, you have regulations. We're regulated here. You know, local companies are regulated by authorities that are here which means you have a complaint, there's someone you can go to. If something happens, there is an authority you go back to. With international companies, you can't do that. Uh, customer support, we're here. We can actually, you can you know, call us, WhatsApp us, email us. We know for a fact that international companies, very tough to actually get the support. And it's, they're already massive to start with, so mm -hmm. they're not gonna cater to the customer. They're not built for the market. They're not localized for the market. So there are a lot of different things that actually you end up losing on when you use these platforms. Okay, so you'll be able to have a portion of your portfolio in, uh, in ETFs and a portion of your portfolio you can trade if you want. Yes. And I saw also part of your announcement, there was something about uh, cryptocurrencies as well. Yes, so we launched also part of Sarwa Invest is Sarwa Crypto, okay. which is a well-diversified portfolio with an exposure that's 5% to, um, it's, a, it's a fund that's very similar, actually they're gonna uh, announce it as an ETF very soon, so it's very similar to an ETF, and it basically gives you exposure to Bitcoin. So it's a 5% exposure okay. to Bitcoin. So that's going to be interesting because so what I saw about Sarwa is part of the part of the product is that you can rebalance uh, your portfolio, right? So if you want a certain mix uh, of assets and then if one asset's underperforming or overperforming, yes. it kind of throws everything off balance. So I think having crypto in the mix is going <laughs> to be interesting, right? Because it shoots up uh, and shoots down. And, it, uh, it does, it does. But um, whoever opts into this portfolio, by the way, I'm one of them. Uh, understands, we, have, we do a lot of education also, Lulu. so we make sure that people understand that Bitcoin, even though is the tech behind it is great and it's been behaving uh, in the last, you know, so it's been almost a decade, right, uh, really well, the reality is there's still a lot of speculation around it. So, so that's why it's, it's still important to diversify mm -hmm. your portfolio. Like we said, don't put everything into mm -hmm. it. Make sure if you believe in it as a potential, you know, asset that's going to be uh, there, you know, for, for the long term. But make sure then the bulk is also into other yeah. places. So it's not everything into that one asset. And, and what I thought was, was great um, is that it's so inclusive to the point where you want to reduce the minimum to $5, which means anybody, really anybody can, can have access to, uh, yeah. you know, to, uh, to investing yeah. uh, one way or the other. Um, <laughs> yes, and we did. So initially when we started Sarwa, it was $500. Um, recently, and that's for Sarwa Invest, right? So recently we brought it down to $5 because we want everyone 
to again not be scared mm -hmm. uh, of starting, which is a very crucial point. Is you need to start, take that step, mm -hmm. and once you're comfortable with it, then you know you move your saving account, you move your wealth, then yeah. you're, you're, you feel really more ready to jump into it. And this is great because I feel that that's like, you know, there's that barrier initially when it comes to everything that is saving. You always think, oh, I should have a lot of money. I should be making a lot of money uh, to save. Yes. But, but now you're telling people, you know, you can, you can start with $5. Yeah. So what are, you, what are you seeing like on the platform? Uh, I'm curious. I mean, do you have... Um, do you have a lot of depositors with like big, uh, you know, big amounts, or do you have more smaller uh, depositors with smaller amounts? Like everything. So everything. across the board. So are you able to attract these, you know, yes. these guys that want to invest hundred dollars or five hundred dollars? Or again, yeah, it is a starting point for a lot of people. And okay. uh, you know, if if you take the UAE market for example, which is a very diverse market whether it's you know the backgrounds we come from uh, the financial situations we have so you have all spectrums yeah. and Sarwa really when we started it we always talked about democratizing investment and this is what we're seeing now we're seeing everyone from all backgrounds all ages uh, regardless of their net worth regardless of where they're from starting to invest and, and that's the beauty of it but we do have high net worth, we do have big tickets, and we do have small tickets, and okay. we do have everything in between. Okay. And men, women? Men, women, although I would love to see more women, the reality is every single investing platform in the world would tell you the same, that typically the split is anywhere between 70, 80 to, and 30, 20. Mm. So let's say- It's a major say opportunity though for yes. you. Yes. And I've been really a big advocate of women in investing, like to close that investing gap. Because the minimum is so small, right? Like they, really there's no excuse and, and, and why not? You know what we've uh, found out, which is very interesting from a consumer behavior perspective, that women, once they're on our platform, they convert fast. Like they, once they go on the website, they register, they fund. It's just about getting there. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest hurdle because I, I hear that's it a lot from friends issue. and community. It is, they feel they don't know enough and the reality they do. Mm. It's, it's not that complicated. Finance might be, let's say, the backbone of it complicated, but to start investing is not. Yeah. It's as simple as going on a website and registering. So, so we're trying to remove a lot of the barriers and hopefully that's been working. So I wanna, okay. I'd love to see <laughs> these numbers in a couple of years being 50-50. But your, your main focus today is on the, on the young professionals, right? So you wanna get people who are working, uh, who are young, you wanna get them investing early and saving early. Yes, yes. And that's been uh, a core message of ours, is, uh, especially the younger generation, because the earlier you start, the bigger the impact is. Yeah. So, you know, there's compound interest, right? So whenever you start investing money now, it's like a snowball and it just rolls and grows and grows and grows. So you invest and that money that you're investing is making returns. These returns are making returns on top of returns. So it becomes really the earlier you start, the more exponential it is. Yeah. So, so for a young person, you'd recommend that, that it's better for them to invest than to, uh, than to buy real estate, for example? We have a very nice blog about real estate versus investing. The real estate issue is 
typically lower return. Yani on average, generally, compared to the stock market, it's much lower returns. Hala, a lot of people tell you, yes, but I have a physical asset. True. The physical asset is also not liquid, right? When you want to sell oh. it, it's not liquid at all. <laughs> That's the thing. You're yeah. locked into yeah, it. You are locked. Fee depreciation, Absolutely. fee maintenance work, fee expenses yeah. that go into that. So you just need to kind of, you know, put the cons and pros yeah. and cons and then, then make the calculation. But generally, every research out there tells you stock market is much better. Gives you a lot more return. It's liquid. Uh, and the reality is, the global economy will always be trending upward. Mm. If we have a global crash of everything that we know as yeah. of today, okay, we have bigger problems yeah. than that. But uh, but today, given what we know, this is the best place. But that's be. also cyclical. I mean, even if you have a crash, 100%. usually there's a crash, and then yeah. whatever, six months, a year later, or and and then you're gonna yeah, it's yeah. gonna you're gonna rebound and move forward. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. So switching gears a bit, I saw that you were an entrepreneur before Sarwa. So this is not your first uh, gig. True. Um, and uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? So I had a fashion brand. So my background, as you know, is a bit multidisciplinary. So I have a business degree, but I also have a fashion degree. Okay. And Do people know this? Uh, it depends. Obviously. Or they know you as the face of Sarwa, the, you know, the hardcore fintech. Yeah, so this is definitely a new chapter in my life. And I think people within that community do not know about my previous life. And people within that community don't know about the fintech, the financial technology part. So it's, uh, okay. it's quite interesting. So you started in fashion and you did a shift to fintech. Well, I'm, uh, I at first... I love working and I started working very young. So in my family, my dad has always encouraged entrepreneurship, business ownership. So he um, had us working with him since we were kids. So I started okay. working in his office when I was 14. Uh, weekends, holidays, you know, helping out. He would bring the office home. So I was handling his accounting, looking into contracts. So it was an amazing experience then. He wanted me to become a doctor. A doctor. <laughs> so again, very different uh, uh, career choices, okay. I would say. But uh, I did apply to FM, Faculty of Medicine, and I got accepted. And I was going into it, but okay. then I decided I still have other passions that I wanted to uh, to tick off my list. Okay. Uh, one was, you know, business banking, and one was fashion. So I'm like, I'll do that first. So I did both. So you did business, so you, so you didn't go into medicine no, at all? No, shifted gears completely, okay. surprised my dad with that. What did he have to say about this? <laughs> Originally, he wasn't very excited, okay. but then he started seeing also how, you know, when I was helping with his work, there was actually real value out of it, uh, whether it was accounting, strategizing, and so on. And I love the aspect of management and growth in business in general. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, I finished business from AUB, American University of View. Then I traveled to Italy and France, and I got my degree from uh, Paris, ESMOD uh, Paris. And I've worked in the industry a bit there, and then went back to Beirut. Okay. Continued working wow. in the industry. So I worked with uh, Zuhair Murad. He's an haute couture designer, amazing designer. I was his managing director. And then I worked a bit with Elisab, and then I opened my, my fashion house. Wow. Okay, so your wardrobe must be uh, a sight to see. Uh, 
I think like all business owners, we focus on others, not too much on us. Okay. It's always been, what can I create for others? And I want to be comfortable in my daily attire. So it's a bit different. Okay. And so you launched your own label? Yes. That was oof, a while back and it was great. It became very successful very quickly. And unfortunately, then we had few uh, changes in our country. So In Lebanon. In Lebanon. Yes, as usual. As usual. Um, so it's it was a bit sad to let go, but then we invest so much of you know money, but also time and passion and you know hard work. Yeah. But then the reality is sometimes it's we cannot control you know what's happening in the country. What kind of fashion did you? It was couture gowns, so you know, evening gowns, wedding dresses. Oh. I still bump into a lot of my old clients here. Like, you did my wedding dress. It's, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing to okay. actually relive this moment. But like any business, it has its, you know, moments of joy and challenges. So it was, again, a roller coaster. You learn a lot. And I brought a lot of these learnings into, into Sarwa today, too. Okay. I mean, I'm sure working with, uh, you know, a client that wants a wedding dress, I'm sure that there's a lot of customer service that has to go in. It's very true. Right? Very true. Yes. And um, how do you build that retention and life cycle? And how do you, again, it's, it's a growth of a business. So how do you strategize growth within a given budget? And how do you make sure you're pushing on every channel? And again, A-B testing on every channel. Now, you have to keep in mind that marketing at that time was very different than marketing today. So yes. It's always, again, a continuous learning. But uh, but book- bookkeeping, uh, running a business, managing a team, all of these are skill sets that really help you eventually. Okay. So you did the, the solo founder experience and then now you have two co-founders with you at Sarwa. Yeah. So have you, I mean... What are what are some of the you know differences? Let's say the main differences that. That's a good question. I think, I think one main value add is we pick each other up, right? When you have your own business, you go through all the emotions and all the moments by yourself. Yes. Which is sometimes it's amazing because you feel extremely productive. You know when you know there's the ups and it's just. It's, it's, it's something that's I can't describe really but but then when there are the moments of the challenges and when you need to keep going and persevere it definitely helps when you have co-founders because yeah. when your energy is low someone can pick it up yeah. and then when their energy is low then you know that you can keep pushing and you can keep just driving so it, it balances Every time when I speak with aspiring entrepreneurs and I'm doing like mentorship sessions, I always get asked this question, especially from solo founders. Should I get a co-founder? You know, am I going to succeed on my own? Do I have to do it? So you can. Yeah, of course you can. But also there's different skill sets, different characters, different personalities. And, you know, you can take these uh, tests online. Um, There's a few I'm not going to mention, but really, really well developed tests. Okay. We've done that as co-founders to see our skills and where our strengths are and where our, the opportunities for developments are. And okay. it's amazing how we... Like a psychometric test, basically? Yes. yes. Okay. But it, it's great that when you see these things, you realize, okay, there are 
skill sets that you know I might have that you know one of my co-founders doesn't, but they would have other skill sets that I really needed to drive a business such as you know Sarwa or you know, financial technology and so on. So yeah, definitely brings different uh, skills to the table. Yes, and women versus men too. That helps. Okay, how does it help? To have a different perspective. Okay. You know? um, you need different uh, opinions on a table, you need different eyes on the market on a table, you need different uh, uh, affinities to the market. So women to women, I would understand more the needs potentially uh, than you know someone who has not been through these uh, needed solutions that we face okay. and the other way around. And I think regardless, it's just different, again, skill sets. Okay. Fair enough. So you've done you've done both experiences, which is uh, you know which is good as well. Yes. So on the so just to as a follow on to that question on the fundraising side, because you know initially you had your own business that I assume you funded, True. Uh, like most solo yes. uh, founders do, and now you have a venture backed business with twenty five million dollars uh, in the bank. So it's a, it's a completely different experience as well. So also like f- forget the the you know the the sexiness of of having so much money. Uh, is it more stress? Is it more responsibility? Like how do you feel maybe uh, on a personal level having been through like this is my business. You know it's my decision. It's my money versus like no this is a business with three co-founders. I have a board of directors. I have shareholders. Very true. You do have this responsibility for sure. But the mindset is the same. You want to drive okay. a successful business and you're all about strategy, right? So how do you strategize this? It's just about working with the resources you're given and the output that you can produce out of this. So so ultimately, I wouldn't say that they're that different because the reality is two core points you're trying to drive. One, healthy uh, unit economics to growth and expansion into the market. Whatever business you have, you have, we keep that in mind. So if you have a lot of money, then you strategize accordingly. You might get a bigger share of the market and you want to grow faster and expand faster. And mm-hmm. you have a small budget, then you're more about sustainability and how do you build again, like very, very um, uh, smart. A profitable business. Profitable business. And well, you do want to build a profitable business now as well. I want that. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. There's quite a bit of money in the market now. True. I mean, if you look more at the more. startup ecosystem now, yes. you're seeing uh, massive fundraising rounds. Yes. 100 million plus. Uh, that's, that's, that's good. That's really good. Really good. I mean, we've been waiting for the ecosystem to develop in that way yeah. and to... To have more also international VCs looking to the region, which is, it's great. So now we yeah. do see more money coming in, uh, more interest in the market. And it's a great market to be in, to be honest. Okay, that's okay. You <laughs> typically don't hear this a lot, by the way, about the great market, because everybody talks about the, you know, the fragmentation and yes. how, you know, each country has different laws and, yes. uh, and it's, you have to have offices in every jurisdiction so you can Be operate, etc. regulated et if you're yeah. in financial technology. Yes, of course, you have the regulation, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, mm-hmm. because of this, it offers so many opportunities, right? And the reality is we, we need to kind of catch up as, 
as a region, as a market, to all the services that's been available in other places yes. for, for a while now. Yeah. So that's why it's exciting, because definitely there are a lot of places to disrupt and to fix and to bring innovation. And I think it's the right time. Like now yeah. is the right time. So how much did you raise like initially? What was it? Was the... a small, small round. It was around two hundred ninety thousand dollars. Okay. So that's how we started. And this you call it uh, pre-seed or what? That what was seed. It? That okay. was our seed. Okay. So from the seed round, we had the VC Shuruk Partners, and they're still with us today. Okay. So they come in on every round. Wow. So then when it comes to uh, to um, advice, uh, again, for fundraising, so you'd recommend having a VC, maybe try to get a VC initially, or... I do believe it helps. Is that what worked for you? I mean, other than having a great company and a great team, but, like, <laughs> yes, on the so fundraising side... Yes, right? So you yes. have a great team and a great solution to a real problem in the market, Yes, but to fundraise... I do believe it makes things easier if you have, you know, you are vetted by a VC. So down the line, okay. a lot of other VCs were like, okay, this is a company that's been filtered. Uh, due diligence has been done. So it, be- it makes the process faster. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily work for everyone. It's not yeah. really just uh, one winning formula, but I do believe it helped in our journey. And I think it gets your governance on the right track as well from the early days. Especially if you have a VC that's a strategic partner. Like people that actually want to help you succeed mm. by being involved in mentoring, advising, telling you, okay, this is what you need to have. How about we fix this? Yeah. So a lot of it is proper uh, corporate governance, mm. yes, for sure. Did you get no's? From investors? Yeah. We got a few, yeah. Mm. Did you learn something from the no? Or did you just... few things. I would say we learned that... Like, was it a fair no? Not necessarily, because especially at the time, I think the VC ecosystem here was also still maturing. And because the region, in terms of... This is 2017 or 2018? 2017, yes. Okay. Yes. So it's not a long time ago, right? But And you've been way before us. But the reality is you didn't have VCs that are expert in certain verticals, right? So let's say in financial technology, they sometimes would put you in comparison with e-commerce and you cannot compare, right? So you need people that actually understand the industry to be able to know uh, if what you're doing actually is, is right or if it's promising. So I think now you have more experience in different verticals than before. So I think uh, I'm hoping that that's the case. Okay. So there was there a learning there? Was there from because you know yes. you always yeah, go ahead. Tell me. <laughs> Is if you do get yeah. the opportunity to do that, choose your VCs and okay. choose them to be long-term partners. Like make sure that they uh, understand the business, they know what you're trying to build, and it's not just about giving you money. Because yeah. you will need partners that are there for a long time and that support the growth and support you in your decisions. Like if they know you, they know your skill set, they will trust the decisions that you want to make. Because ultimately you will have some of them on your board. So you want to make sure that you have the right people. Absolutely. I think this is great advice, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I mean, choose choose your VC because I think people just, you know, blindly 
shoot out their decks to everybody. And uh, and uh, and I think this is a big mistake. You know, we had Noor Swed as well here on the podcast, and she just mentioned the same thing. She just said, like, you know, do your homework. It's in yes. the same way that the VCs do the due diligence on the entrepreneur. It's the same thing. Don't 100%. don't send it, you know, to a, maybe a VC with a focus on e-commerce. As you said, maybe don't send them a health tech uh, deck, you know, because <laughs> maybe it's not going to work. But, you know, it's sometimes you don't have many options. Like yes, that's true. But it's it's we're building towards that yeah. place. I think I think we're growing into that space. I think this uh, this is a very nice uh, way I think to wrap up the the discussion. I have just five quick questions where I need uh, quick answers from you. Just something a bit a bit slightly different from the conversation, but you know, uh, get you thinking about uh, something different. So, um, what's your number one relaxation tip? Mm, I like depends on where I am but I like dancing with the kids whenever I get a chance so we just put music how many kids do you have? I have three three? okay and yoga but I am more into power yoga so I know it's not necessarily relaxation but it helps what's power yoga? so it's more like fast movements but really about core strength okay Okay, I'm not into yoga, but I think it says definitely something I should look into. Yoga and meditation, they keep popping up everywhere. It's, it's as if the world is telling me, you know, you, you should try it. it. Yeah. Or maybe also the algorithms are listening to you. So. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, one thing on your bucket list. Oof, tough one. So much on my back. <laughs> genetic research going into health tech. And genetic research? Let's remove that. <laughs> so I know you're going to jump. <laughs> um, what's on my bucket list? Uh, going back to travel. I miss traveling the world. Okay. Exploring new places. Yeah, that's the downside of being in a startup yes. in the early days. Yes. You're working all the time. Uh, productivity tool or a hack that keeps you focused? Uh, time management. I'm big on structuring my days to make sure that I can fit everything from work to family. So I go in the day before and I plug and structure my time. Use a tool or the calendar tool? Honestly, calendar. Something as simple Just the calendar, as calendar, yeah. But knowing what my tasks are. Of course, as a company, we use ClickUp. So I don't know if we can mention Which ones? ClickUp. ClickUp. Okay. Yeah. But me personally, for my own time management, I like just to have a view of my calendar and see. I'm a very, very visual person. Okay. Um, one tip for a happy life? A balanced life. A balanced life. Try what is a balanced life? <laughs> is that work and, work and life? Yes. Is that, is that what you mean? Things that bring you joy. Sometimes we get, you know, wrapped up in the daily stuff and you run, 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 run. But again, you take that moment to breathe. And you remember what really truly makes you happy, you know, little moments. And I mean, I'm that kind of mama. I love going back home to the kids and just having that small quality time with them. So that's my balance. Okay. Um, okay, since you spoke about kids, actually, one, one parenting tip. Par- to each, you know, we all have our own little tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally learned, because I wasn't necessarily like that, but I learned to always put myself in their shoes and always trying to remember what was going through my mind when I was their age. Because we forget. 
And I realized very quickly we expect them to be adults yes. in the way of thinking, but they're not. We want to live through them, I think. That's, we want to live through them. Yes. We also think that their brain is already developed, so we talk to them as if they have an adult brain. But scientifically speaking, their brain is not there yet. So there's a lot of learning they're going through. Like Again, going back to very small children, um, up to the age of six, they don't see gray. They see black and white in terms of, you know, uh, life in general. Yes. So if you tell them, mom, I'm going to take you somewhere and you don't, it's not because mom is busy at ABC. They, like, you promised, you didn't yes. keep your promise. So it's just uh, it's a good reminder sometimes to help you process. That's great. Thank you so much for the great tips and for sharing the Sarua story and uh, the products that you're offering and all the great work that you're doing. Wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you, Lulu, for highlighting all of this. It's been Thanks. really fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Conversations with Lulu. I really enjoyed uh, the talk with Nadine. I hope you found it insightful and informative. It's actually the first time I meet Nadine, so I was very excited about it. Uh, I definitely encourage you to check out their website. It's sarwa.co. So it's S-A-R-W-A dot C-O. Um, there's a lot of information on their, on their blog. It's very easy for you to invest. Um, I, I would definitely recommend that you check them out if you haven't, done, uh, if you haven't been doing any investing yet. Um, there's also a lot of information, as I said, on, uh, on their blog um, and some tips and tricks to get you started. So, um, as usual, if you want to connect with me, you can go to conversationswithlulu.com. Uh, you can reach out to me for guest recommendations, for feedback, if you have any sponsorship requests or speaking requests or, or any, other, um, any other reason for you to connect with me, you can go to conversationswithlulu.com contact. You can also follow me and support the show on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can find me on the handle Lulu Chazen uh, across all of these channels. Um, you can also support the show by checking out astrolabs.com. Astrolabs is the show's sponsor and they are a capacity building company. They work with entrepreneurs and with corporates. They have a great range of services from, uh, from startup licensing in Saudi Arabia and in the UAE uh, to co-working spaces to online learning, uh, everything in the digital space. So. Um, definitely recommend you check them out as well. There is a lot of discounts on all of their products uh, exclusively for the listeners of Conversations with Lulu. All you need to do is visit astrolabs.com slash Lulu, L-O-U-L-O-U, and you can uh, fill up a form and uh, someone from their team will reach out to you. The discounts start at 500 dirhams and upwards, so I definitely recommend you check them out. So once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I see you again in a couple of weeks. Take care. Are you struggling to find the right broker to take advantage of opportunities in the market? Are you looking to trade commodities, shares, or even crypto? Even if you don't know much about trading, you can learn all about it by visiting Capital.com's website. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Capital.com is a global trading platform with over half a million users. Visit Capital.com and start your trading journey today.